Welcome to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. This is the podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. It is real conversations here with real artists. And I'm Andrew Tischler. What a pleasure to have your company here once again. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm talking to Lily Rose Burgess, who's an incredible artist based in Australia. Now, Lily, at the age of 23, is kicking some massive goals. She paints full-time, and her subject is kind of interesting. I think there's a lot of power in niches, or niches, depending on where you are and how you pronounce that. You know what I mean. Finding something that is so exclusive, so specialized, but yet you can get a massive following by sticking to something that you are authentically engaged in and passionate about. Lily paints food. She paints still lives of food and she does it in an amazing technique. So full of color, it's bursting off the canvas and she's consistent. People are just eating it up, no pun intended, but she's gained a massive following on social media. Now, when I first became aware of Lily's work and started following her on Instagram, which was months and months and months before this interview ever happened, I started watching some of the things that she was doing online with her social media, and I was really inspired. And I thought to myself, there's something here that I can apply to my own creative journey and my own walk with social media. You know me from listening to this podcast, I got a love-hate relationship with the internet and all things tech. Maybe you do too, but there's something to be said with people that have it dialed in and they really know what they're doing. Success leaves clues. If we want to get what they got, we got to do what they did. And she's doing things that when I started applying some of these things, I started finding a new level within my own career. I started selling a bit more work on Instagram and started getting a few more followers as well. Some of the stuff that she's talking about here in this episode works. So I really hope you've got a notebook handy and you're paying attention. Now, in addition to talking about the social media side of things, it was really interesting hearing about her mindset and her attitude towards her work and her creative journey. She's dialed in and disciplined. And I don't know about you, but when I was 23, I wasn't. I just wasn't. I, I didn't have a clue. I was really lacking that motivation and drive. I ended up finding it later in life, thank goodness. But for somebody so young, and I don't mean to patronize by saying that, but for somebody so young to have this plugged in, I am so excited to see where she's going to go next. I know this is going to be huge for her. So I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. But before we get into it, I just have something to let you know about. Now, right now, you can see the full video version of this podcast. You can see me in my studio talking to Lily in her studio with a painting behind her. I have my editor cut in images of her work while we're talking. And it really is so much more of a visual experience along with the conversation. So if you're not watching that video version, you really are missing out. Now, if you want to check that out, you'll find it by clicking that top link in the description down below. And it's available to my Tish Academy followers and people who follow me over there on my exclusive Academy website. Now, that's available to the people who sign up for that lower tier. 
you'll also get access to it at the higher tier, but I make sure that that's available for anybody following along at the studio tier at five bucks a month. Now I'm getting back into regular podcasts here. I've got several more to share with you, but that's where I upload the video version of these podcasts. So if that interests you, you wanna check that out, then make sure you do so by clicking that link in the description down below. Now I'm gonna get out of here, let Lily take over. Here she is. This is Lily Rose Burgess in the Creative Endeavor. I gotta say, I I I, I really love following you on really? Instagram. Yeah, and oh, I, and your 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 posts come up all the time, and oh, right. You know, I, I, I can't wait to get into this because we've got we've got so much to talk about, you and I. Yes, but there's do. this one thing that you said in this post, I, I've got to say it really resonated with me. Yeah. And it's you deserve to be paid for your skills and effort. Let, let me ask, do you think we have as artists a, a, a bad relationship with money and receiving? I think over like the generations of artists, like it's just been this weird like preconceived idea that we sh our like our our skills are not worth money for some reason even though mm. art is like it's such an important part of being a human like what would the world be without art it would right. be a terrible place honestly and so i really do think that um people who maybe people who don't really participate in art and don't like engage in any sort of creativity can sometimes completely not understand what it really takes to actually be able to do it and so I sort of do think that like in terms of uh social instances like there is a bad relationship with money and it doesn't have to be that way which is what annoys me so yeah, I just I really appreciate how open you are with some of these posts because I mean you're you're commenting and you're reflecting on what people have told you and and you know I, even some haters I, I came across one um, in recent months and I can't remember the exact context forgive me but where you were you were kind of going no this is legitimate I'm going to charge for what I do I'm yeah. going to I'm going to make this work as a business as you should but yes. it just got me thinking I was like. Lily, mad respect because, you know, here you are making it work as a business. Tell me more about this. Like you're, you're, I don't mean to patronize, but you're quite young, right? Yeah, I am. Very. And you're making this work as a full-time gig now. Yes. Okay. Let's go back to the beginning. Tell me okay. how, tell me how you got, you got started in this, in the art world and you started just, I mean, please, how old are you now? 23. Good night. Yeah. A full-time artist at 23, folks. That's that's absolutely amazing. So so when did you start? Okay, so in terms of when I started with art in general, you can put that down to toddler age. But when I was like 12, I thought, you know, I really do enjoy drawing. So I was like practicing drawing all the time, like all the time. I was obsessed with it. Um, no one seemed to get it, but I was really obsessed with it. Uh, and then I kind of like dropped it as I became an adult, I was studying science at university um, because my whole life, everyone would be like, you're so good at drawing, but it's not a real job. Like you can't get real money from that and you're going to, you know, you'll starve. You need to get a real job. And I 
like kind of understood where they were coming from because like before internet that it is so much harder to earn money from art before the internet which is where that idea really comes from so I just was like okay that is not a possibility not even going to consider it I just studied hard I tried to get into university and I did uh, I moved to Melbourne because I was living in a small town um, and I was just doing uni for this one year and it it happened as lockdown happened mm-hmm. my first year of uni so wow. I didn't go in one time did not make one friend like I was carrying all the group projects and I was so stressed and so sad it just took away all the time for me to be able to do any art because I was mm-hmm. also working full-time to support myself to be able to rent and and all that stuff so I just was miserable I was really truly miserable and I just remember just getting this feeling like I can't do this like it's not for me like I just felt in my gut that it wasn't the right path for me and it was really scary because like for my whole life pretty much I was like this is my path I'm really interested in this I'm gonna learn it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna get a good job and then after one year I was just like beside myself that it was so wrong so um I just was like okay I'm dropping out so I just trusted my gut and I dropped out of uni so I was working full-time in accounting so very different again from what I'm doing now and that was a job that I got um as like a an administrator in the accounting firm it was a job that I just got so that I could stay out of hospitality because I hated it so much so I was I was just working this firm. I didn't mind it at the start because I was learning a lot of stuff that's kind of, you know, uh, helpful in terms of being an adult, like taxes. It's kind of a scary realm. But as time got on, it was just like, I don't know, it was very toxic. It was a really toxic environment. And so I had no uni anymore and I was dedicating full time to this job. And I just, it just got so bad. And I would just straight up tell my boss, like, you're being toxic. Like, can you change this? Because otherwise I'm going to quit. And they really relied on me a lot because they kept going. (laughs) They kept going through like administrators because it's such a hard job the way they run their firm. So I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not coping very well here. Um, And then I ended up saying, can I have one day off each week so that I can paint more because I had, in the time of having just full-time work, I'd picked up painting from watching your videos. <laughs> and I was really inspired. So, and I'd just like sit in bed and just watch them, just like all of them. Um, oh, wow. And inspired. <laughs> so, I'm not, I wasn't joking. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I picked them That's up. That's nice. was painting. I, I would paint every day after 5 p.m. when I got home. And I said to myself, I'm going to do a full painting every single day. And I don't care what happens. I'm going to do it. And I really held myself to that. So I was really like making a lot of progress, really finding what I like to paint, really, really enjoying it and realizing like, oh, this feels so good. Like I feel so much better. So I said, can I please have one day off? Because there were two administrators in this small little firm and they didn't need us both full time. I just wanted one day. And he's like, oh, okay but why and I was like I don't know maybe one day I can I can do this full time because with my 
consistent like paintings and sharing them people wanted to buy them so I was getting money from them mm-hmm. on top of my full-time wage so I was like oh, yeah maybe maybe one day I would like to eventually like in the future try and make more money from it so I want more time to dedicate to building that up and doing all the things I have to do and he's like oh you want to be an artist full-time like will probably fail like most people fail at that and it was like and then I handed in my resignation the next day the wow. next day I was like yeah, wow. but, like how dare you it's just like him telling me you're gonna fail made me just want to do it so much more just to prove him wrong and oh yeah and so then I literally handed it in and they couldn't believe it and I was like bye guys see ya and then I moved like 40 minutes away to separate physical physical distance from the office and I was like well I have no choice now so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it actually work but I was like I was earning kind of decent money just from the time spent after work like at least I was making at least 50 percent of like my full-time wage on top of the full-time wage just from painting related sales so I was like you know it's possible like that's without like a lot of effort being put into marketing and all of that and here we are. I really did it. You did it. Yeah, you did it. just to show him. That's amazing. Yeah, it's what? a real good burn story, isn't it? I, it <laughs> I, I love the burn story. The, uh, for me, you know, if, you, if you've got a good burn, it's just like, yeah, got him. Yeah, <laughs> and, got him, literally. And it's, mm. it's fuel to the fire. Like those people saying, you know, how, how afraid are we that, to hear that, oh, you can't do that or you'll probably fail and, and fear that maybe we won't be supported. But I don't know, I found personally, and, and the more people I talk to, this seems to be a really common thing. It's like, there's so many people out there that if you just tell them no, that's all they needed to hear to go, oh, I'm doing it. That's all yeah. I needed. Thank you for that motivation. Here Thank I go, watch me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. I know, it's so cool. So, so this is, I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to cheapen it by, by, you know, focusing too much on the business side of things. We want to get plenty of the art here and creativity because I I, I really love what you're doing. Your, your paintings make me hungry. They really Good. do, and <laughs> they're, they're but they're also fun. They, they they make me smile. So when I look at them, they're very joyous. They're very colorful. They're they're exquisitely well crafted. Thank they're you. thought out, but there's something you seem to have found a niche where people are resonating with this. So how when you first started to get those initial wins and those initial sales. Like, tell me about that process of how that started. And was that something that made you nervous? Like, tell me about your first sale. Right. So the reason I think I got sales really early on was simply because of the fact that my account, it used to be a personal account. So I used to just share my private life with my friends and family, you know, what I was doing that day, what I was eating that day, my pets being cute, stuff like that. And so then when I decided to do my daily painting, I thought it would be good to like have some accountability, like from an Instagram account. So I was like, oh, hey, everyone, this is an art account now. Hope you like it. Um, And so then I just kept, I was still in the habit of just like sharing personal things in my story a lot and then posting the art as a static post. Um, and it turns out 
that the best way to really connect with people and in the end resulting in them buying your art is if you give them a chance to feel like they know something about you, they know something else about you more than just about your art because then they can they can like glean what kind of a person you are. And like if you really, right. really admire a person, you really like who they are, like you're more likely to buy something that costs a bit of money from them. And I've seen that myself when I've been like, you know, browsing Instagram and just I feel way more connected to people where I, I can see their face. I can I know what they what they're all about and what they do in their daily lives. And it makes me feel more like I want to buy a print or I want to buy their art. So I was already doing that and I had no idea at the time that it was actually really working in my favor because you know I feel like a lot of people think that if you're going to have a business and you know you have an account for that business it all has to be business related but people buy from people on Instagram like it's not actually a sales platform it's a social media it's about connecting with people so I made my first sale I think from someone just DMing me and asking, is this for sale? And I was like, yeah, if you would like it to be. Because at the time I, I was just painting because I wanted to paint and have a creative outlet and just making so many, like, and all being about, like, things that a lot of people really positive, re positively, like, relate to. It ended up resulting in someone buying from me and then it kept happening. But at the time, because I wasn't, I still at that point wasn't thinking I want to do this full time. Like that was a much later thought when I realized that I was actually making kind of decent money from selling them. Wow. That is actually a possible thing. So yeah, I just, it just kept happening like that. And then I thought after a while, you know, I should probably get a website set up. And so I did. Um, and as soon as I did that, I made even more sales because like, that's just another level of personalization that you can have where people can, get an idea of you and stuff like that because it's you know you can't like personalize Etsy very much for example but website can be very uniquely you you can have a bio in it like special contact form whatever you can personalize it however you like and that and again I didn't realize at the time results in a lot more sales for me than Etsy ever did so wow. glad I just picked that you know yeah yeah it's a great website by the way um oh, and and this is a thing that i i kind of struggle with and you said quite a bit there there's a few things that i want to unpack but yeah, sure. with with the website like i've um denied about this like putting prices on things i i always get kind of nervous about that like, and i still struggle with this you know that's why it's so cool talking to you about this sort of stuff because i i, I struggle with the the price, the charging, asking, receiving, still, you know, and, and it's, but I, I'm seeing you kind of, you're, you're, you're putting this beautiful product out there. You're like, this is what it is. This is what it costs. And I, I don't know, there's something, there's something really honest about that. Yeah. And, you know, for, for the, for the quality of the, you know, the product and, and again, sorry to, I don't mean no, to cheap it up by saying that, but I mean, you create a beautiful product for the quality of it. It's a, really, it's a really fair price. I feel like it is a really fair price and I sort of price things based off observing prices from other people, which is right. another reason why I really think it's very good to share pricing publicly because it 
allows other people to know what the sort of market average is so that it can all be priced fairly in comparison to other people. Like I kind of can't think of one reason why you shouldn't share the price yeah. because it's only a benefit. So people can then like, they can see it and they don't have to like come to you and say, how much is this? And then be faced with an expensive price that they have to have their tail between their legs and say, oh, I can't afford that. Like yeah. I have avoided buying art because I would have had to ask how much it is directly to the person. They can see the price. They can know if they can or can't afford it and they can move on. They also mm. will know what sort of price to expect if they wanted a commission from me. Like it's great and it's it's honest. And I've had people say when they've been like looking around and found some art that they really like and the person has made great efforts to keep the price hidden so that they do have to ask that they feel like maybe this person is giving them a more expensive price than they would give someone else who asked. Makes so sense. it creates yeah. that sort of that sort of thing as well. And I just so strongly believe that artists should be paid whatever they want to be paid because it's their original work. It's as as I've had discussions recently, it's like selling a small part of your soul because you put so much into it. And so mm. much work has gone into developing the skill to even get it to a point of selling it. I just don't believe an artist not being paid what they deserve. That's it right there. You just touched on it right there. Like the, the time that it took, it's not just the sale of that painting, right? And it's not just how long that painting took you to put together and the cost of the materials. You know, it is that, but there's, there's that other component that a lot of people don't see and don't think about is the years of training or the, the, the years of toil in the studio, sleepless nights, you know, just grinding it out, working two jobs. You know, it, it's, it's all of that that goes into it. And that has got to, to come out somewhere. And yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah, like, why I, shouldn't we be paid? Why shouldn't we? Yeah. Like, there's no valid reason why. It's like, there are people out there who really do value art and they're the ones who are going to pay for it. Like you don't need to apologize to people who have no idea mm. what it actually takes. And a lot of, a lot of artists feel that way and it's really sad. But I, I think this comes down to, I mean, this comes down to a deeper issue of self self-worth and, and, yeah. and how, how do you, how do you get around that? How do you tackle that? You know? It's a big one and it's hard to just like give advice about how people can overcome that because it's it's different for every person. Yeah. 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 But the best way to start, in my opinion, is to put aside your own feelings and think of it logically. Like if you were a plumber and you did a job that took 40 hours, you would expect to be paid as such. It's your skill. Yeah. It's something you can do that people who are buying it can't do, which is why they buy it from you. Like you deserve to be paid for that. Time Absolutely. is very valuable. Like we have a relatively short life in terms of, you know, evolution. Like, you know, you should be paid for those hours that you're putting into everything that you do because like it's literally time off your life. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, already on. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about this. I This is the thing I love about the podcast is that I, yeah. I, I always come away from it and I think about something that I want to do slightly differently because it, it, I just find it starts just tapping that wheel on the ship and it's just aiming at that point on the horizon, just kind of firming up that direction a little bit. And I'm, I'm on target. And But this, selfishly, it's kind of what the podcast does for me. I love it. It's um, great. 
tell me tell me where tell me about the food thing the subject because you seem to have found you know not only okay a great looking product okay a great looking paintings great technique and you found kind of this niche but but it's so much tied into the subject of what you paint where did that come from where, when did you first realize you loved to paint food and, and this seems to be something that is stuck you just you keep doing yep. this yeah well <laughs> i i paint the things that i paint mostly for like nostalgic value and also I just paint things that I really like and I'm a real foodie. I just love eating. It's actually a problem. And so <laughs> I just make the problem worse by painting food because it makes me hungry. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, like the biggest why behind my work is that I'm I'm a really nostalgic person and I really place a lot of value on memories. Yeah. Um, so because that's something that makes me feel really happy. I really try and like create a nostalgic sense in the final painting, which is why I use so much color because it makes, it's like, you know, when you're a kid, like everything seemed really, really colorful and like yeah. really alive. And I find it sort of strange that as you become an adult, that just fades. It's, I think it might just be like the imagination fading a bit, you know? Mm. So I really use a lot of color because it reminds me of being a child. And when it comes to food, like, I really, I really remember certain memories because of the food. Again, very food driven, like a like an animal. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just I find it really satisfying. I also find that it really works well with my style. And yeah, I mean, it just brings a smile to my face. Like, how can you not looking at a giant breakfast scene or something have a massive smile on your face? Like, it just really makes me cozy. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people love food. They do love food. Yeah. Yeah. That just well, works, works in a lot of ways. We, well, I mean, we all got to eat, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a really great way to find like a relatable topic to paint, something we all have to do, otherwise we'll die. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> um, but the, the thing, um, the thing I love about art and, and painting, and I think about this often with, with my own work, you know, particularly if you go to paint a still life or study something from life, and, and the act of painting, I find that this is, when you represent something through your art, you're taking something that is potentially, you know, people would overlook or walk on by, but you're elevating its status in a way. You're, you're, you're celebrating it in a new and unique way. I mean, here I've got on, on your website pulled up just a, a loaf of bread that's kind of split open. You know, I, I, I would never have thought to paint you know, a, a loaf of bread, but you've taken this thing that a lot of people would just overlook and you've made it beautiful. And here, you know, we can get a sense of texture. There's, it's bursting with color. I mean, I, I love that blue that you're using. What are you using there? Cobalt's heel recommended by you. <laughs> All right. All right. I was thinking, I bet that's cobalt teal. I bet that's cobalt teal. It's cobalt teal. And you got some you mean like do you mean like in the shadow areas and stuff? Well, in the background as well. That as well, some, that is also, yes, cobalt some, teal. Uh, some zing and quinacridone notes in there. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. But, but that's that's the thing. You know, it's taking something that's everyday and, and elevating it in a certain way. I mean, do you exactly. get people that look at your work and they're like, huh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it could look like that. Or maybe a client that's like, I never would have thought I would buy this but how cool yeah yeah there have been people who have just commented like i never knew like i needed 
like for example bread looking like this in my life but I do now I need it like it's just it's I really like being able to present things that everyone takes for granted in a very creative way because I feel like it's like a personal belief of mine that it's so important to like just stop and smell the roses literally like as I said you know you have to charge for your time because like you only have a limited amount of time when it comes down to it and if you just rush through life trying to get stuff done all the time and you forget to just like consciously remember how nice a moment is like admire the sunlight coming in the window the smell of fresh bread cooking good stuff (laughs) then like what's the point of being alive like you have to be able to enjoy the moment as it happens because that's that's all there is and so I think it's really um it's really cool that with art we can really bring focus to that and help people remember to do it ah that's awesome you're dialed you're dialed in that's so so fulfilling (laughs) but well you you are fulfilled aren't you yeah, I really am. Like I've never been so happy in my life being able to like have my own life separate from my family. Not that they're bad or anything. Just it's just nice being able to come into your own person with no real influence from other people. Yeah. And just like having a house and a home and a place to come every morning, my studio with the sun shining in, like my cats everywhere. It's like perfect. <laughs> and I can do whatever I want and I can take off work whenever I want. And I don't have to answer to a toxic boss anymore or deal with anyone else's rubbish because I can make all my own decisions. And that includes like who I take commissions for, what I take commissions of, what I want to paint. I can just do whatever I want. It's really nice. Like it's a very good job. Oh, it's the best. Oh man. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, Lily, I'm, I'm consciously kind of thinking and imagining people listening to this i i i'm imagining the the kid in in minnesota or or the uk somebody who's maybe you know 15 16 years old and they've just been told hey come on get a grip this is not going to work this this ain't going to work at all but here you are and i i really hope they hear you right now that this is absolutely possible so if if you are in that position so so let me ask you this way mm-hmm. if we were to encapsulate this if we were to kind of put this into some sort of formula of how on earth you did this that you could be in this position at 23 years old what would you say are some of the most important things that people have got to have plugged in if they want to make this work as a full-time gig and feel that not, not just that, not just that feel the level of fulfillment that you're enjoying right now. Yeah. So you can't just quit your day job unless you've done some preparation beforehand, because um, like at the time of me quitting my job, um, although I, you know, handed in my resignation the next day, I still at that point in time, it was still possible for me to do so because I had done worked to develop my account and my what I wanted from my art so I think it's super important important to first define like your niche like what really like sets your soul on fire with painting like what is the thing that you just think oh my gosh I can't get enough of this 
make sure you know what that is and then also do work to develop your social media because that's where all the power lies. It's literally a tool with unlimited potential to reach millions and millions and millions of people if you do it right. And there are a lot of people out there who really hate social media. They have such a negative attitude towards it. But what they don't seem to realise is that it's a free tool to use um, and it just has so much more power than any other art marketing ways in the world. It really is. It's going to get more visibility than any any gallery, any magazine, any TV show. It's crazy how many people you can get to. Sorry to to cut you off, but you just just brought up something there. Did you ever consider the 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 gallery model starting out was that ever something that you factored into your equation because you don't work with not galleries do be- you not in the beginning and i do okay. have a full-on story about that which we okay can get okay some. we'll get into that but, later okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah you just you just have to like one of my biggest tips is to get comfortable with the idea of using social media because yeah as i said a lot of people are really really resistant to using it they really hate it they think that you know, um, it's taking away their creative freedom and they feel like they have to follow rules and they can't do it. They burn out. They don't want to make videos. But you should instead try and look at it like every job is going to have at least one thing that you kind of don't like to do. And if that is creating video content and learning about the algorithms and how they change, so be it. Is it worth working 40 hours a week for someone you hate? just because you don't want to make video content like the payoffs of being able to do this full-time vastly outnumber the drawbacks so try and look at social media like it's your friend um and you know that you can achieve some amazing stuff with it me changing my own attitude about social media is what changed everything for me seriously it's like it consents when you're being mean to it you know you just gotta like Treat it like a friend and just do what it wants and you'll get amazing rewards. Because as I said, it's a free tool. Like you don't have to pay any commissions on any sales, nothing. Amazing. Hmm. So I really did do that. Um, I really tried to build up my audience. I figured out fairly quickly that reels were the best way to reach new people. And with making reels of all the different art that I was producing at the time, because I was doing it a lot, as I said, one painting every day, gave me a lot of content to make reels with the more reels you make the bigger you grow and it's just a matter of time the only thing that will stop you from succeeding is if you give up seriously the biggest tip that i have to get to this point is to just never give up because no matter how you do it it's going to be a very up and down journey like i have quiet like quiet times as well, even now. And I don't even care because I know that it's going to change as long as I don't stop. So don't ever give up and don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do it. Actually, let them tell you, but use it as a power move. Yeah, reframe. <laughs> just feel like you need to prove them wrong. Um, and it, it really goes a long way for motivation. So the best thing to do is to build your social media and really do some soul searching um, and introspection to develop like a healthy level of confidence in yourself because no confidence is going to make it a lot harder to get to this point. And a lot of my fulfillment is that I am confident and I know the value of what I create because I've done like a lot of hard work to 
to feel that and find that. And it comes from the joy of, ma of making it. Hmm. Yeah, and so so that that's it right there. I, it, so I, I I just heard something re recently where, you know, your your self confidence, for me anyway, um, and, and I, I from what you're saying there, it sounds like you're very similar. It's so much tied to evidence, mm -hmm. you, you, because you've put in the hard work, because you've done stuff, you get to go. I did that. And then it, it kind of turns up the, the dial on the confidence meter a little bit. And you do more yeah. stuff because you're feeling a little more confident. That dial gets turned up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be this thing where you're almost leveraging yourself and you're, you're building in that confidence. And then you try more out there stuff. And it yeah. just keeps, keeps building from there. Yeah. I, I, it was really hard for me starting out to have any confidence because I just hadn't done anything yet. Yeah, you know. it makes a massive difference to how yeah. confident you are if you know you can or can't do stuff. Because, for example, now I'm very ambitious with my compositions and the things that I choose to paint because I've proven to myself before I can paint a lot of stuff and I like the, how, how they turn out. So every time I set up a composition, I'll just get the most complex object and put it in. And at the time I'm like, yeah, this will be cool. And then I get to it and I'm like, what have I done? I don't even know where to start. I've never painted this before. And it's like a big commission or something. So it's like super important. I get it right. But I just, I still have the confidence to at least try. And then it, it always eventuates. And so I then get more confidence and I put something even harder in the next one. And it's like a vicious cycle of confidence building. What, what what was it? I, I'm, I'm dying to know now. What was uh, the thing like, that you're looking at going, why did I do that? It was oh, many things. <laughs> this was uh, a lace, like a lace doily. And oh, I wow. had a vase sitting on top of it. And I remember just looking at it and being like, how did I not understand how difficult it was going to be to approach this for the first time? I did no studies on it. None. Just slapped it on a big painting. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, it's best to learn sometimes from being thrown in the deep end with a lot That's of pressure. <laughs> um, well, what else? Um, like, well, in the painting behind me, I've got a stack of waffles with chocolate melted all over the top of them. And it's just, oh, my word. I don't even know. I'm avoiding it, as you can see. It's one of the things I've left till the last minute. Flowers is another one, like big vase of flowers there. I'm like, I don't really paint flowers very often, but I'll work it out. And I know yeah. I can work it out because I've done it before. Yeah. It really awesome. it really goes into it. Also disco ball. That, that was a cool painting. I really like that. I've done multiple disco balls now and I'm much more confident at doing them. But in the start, the first one I ever did, I remember just being like, this was a mistake. What have I done to myself? My brain is yeah. breaking. What is happening? Because it's not one painting. Yeah. Like, by the time you get into those little tiny mirrors, you realize it's like 10,000 paintings. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it literally is, especially when it's like reflecting an object. The first one I ever did, I don't know if you've seen it, it has like a milkshake and cassette tapes and glow sticks in it with oh, the wow. disco ball. And so it's reflecting the milkshake in oh, some we'll, of the space. We'll cut it in here. We'll, we'll yeah, put it in. You don't find um, it, put it in because it's a good one. And I did a good job and I'm very proud of it. But that was the time where I was like, what, what, what was I thinking? Wow. <laughs> and what, was there was there something riding on that pr project? I mean, was that no. a commissioned work? No, that was my original idea. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I'm like, I say it before everything I ever do. I say YOLO. 
you only live once and it used to be such a meme and now I actually say it before I make decisions in this life. It's pretty funny. I said YOLO before I handed in my my resignation. <laughs> it's always served me well, always. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So so back to the Instagram thing. I, I'm, I'm dying to ask you about Instagram because it's something, and, and I'm going to admit right here, I've got a terrible relationship with social media. I love it. I hate it. I can't work okay. out if I'm coming or going. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And so with Instagram in particular, I mean, it's something I struggled with. I, I will not begin to understand the algorithm. I, I've got a few followers, but no, not as many as you. So where were you when you started? Like, so, so you're you're handing in your resignation. You've you've kind of started to chalk a few wins on the board, and 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 you're like, okay, I can do this. And you've made a bit of money. You've got some followers. How many followers do you have on Instagram at that point that you hand in that oh, notice? I think I think I had about forty thousand, and so now I have one hundred and eighty. So there's been a big growth since I quit. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like even then, I was a little worried that wouldn't be enough. But I just was like, you know what, YOLO, trust instincts, like. I will make it work because yeah. I have no choice. Like I literally treated it like I have no choice and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever right. it takes to make it work because that's the nature of a passion project, isn't it? Whatever it takes. Yeah. And so I had about 40,000, which is like, you know, it's decent, but like the algorithm doesn't show it to everybody. So I knew I'd yeah. have to put a lot more work into social media, but I also felt okay about it because I knew that if I had 40 hours a week, to invest in doing it that surely the results would be even better than what I could accomplish past five o'clock p.m yeah. on a weekday because yeah. that's all I had was that time so I would come home and I'd break out my paints and I was lucky to live really close I was like 200 meters up the road so I just walk home and just break them out at five literally um and then I would paint until sometimes midnight wow depending on how big or how complex and then I would get up and go to work um at like 8 30 the next morning and so that was like my life for like a couple of months and I did a lot of paintings in those months like a lot because you know one per day even on weekends I literally did not stop I was like a psycho about it for real just like do whatever it takes and I just yeah. knew that if I'm literally painting that much that it's kind of inevitable that you're going to see a lot of progress. And I did a lot of progress. So, so when you're, when you're posting mm -hmm. at that time, you know, what, what, what did that look like? What's your, what's your Instagram regimen looking like when at this period of time and has that changed to what you're doing now? So at the time I was trying to post something every day, whether it be a reel or a post. And I was keeping pretty up to speed with that simply because I was making so many paintings. So I just had like so much content. Um, and I, I did keep up with it pretty well. I was kind of lucky actually at the beginning of this whole endeavor because reels was a still fairly new thing and you know they were competing really hard with tiktok which is why they brought it out at all so there was like mega reward for engaging in reels and that i sort of figured that out and thought you know i probably should get onto this because it's like an untapped market here on instagram for the most part so i really got into making reels um and the algorithm was far less fussy um back then because it was so 
so little saturation on it, you know. And I really got some good results from reels in the beginning. It really boosted me from like 5,000 to 40,000 from like two different videos. So that really, I knowing the potential of that was actually something that made me feel okay about quitting with 40,000. Um, what was your question again? I got off track, I think. No, so so that, that you're, you're, you're answering it. And it basically it was just, what, what, is, what is the strategy then? Yeah. And, and how has that changed? Like, what, what are we looking at now? Because yeah, okay. that's, um, that, that's really interesting because I mean, Instagram in that position, of course, I mean, it's, it's almost, we, we look back at it now. I do. I, I, I didn't pick up on it at the time. I just thought, oh, it's a new, and I got to tell you, I've got exactly this attitude towards any new thing. A new thing. I, well, I'm not doing this. I won't learn yeah. a new thing. You everyone know what I mean? did. Everyone did. <laughs> I I did too. I did. And I saw like reels becoming popular and I was like, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. It's just mm. not. Like, I was so resistant to it. And then I very quickly realized after I did try some and some of them did really well, I was like, okay, I am fine about this now. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I really tried to put more effort into the reels and I was probably posting maybe three to four a week of reels right. at the okay. time. Now, now I probably post a static post every second day and I try and post a reel every day. And I sometimes don't meet that because it's okay not to be a content right. machine right. and I want the content to be meaningful and for it to be more quality over quantity. But I do try and post one every day because you just never know what one is just going to pop off. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous sometimes which ones actually do pop off. Yeah. But nevertheless, yeah. they do. And the more you make, the higher the chance is that it will. Um, even though the algorithm is much more fussy today because of the, you know, everyone's gotten on board with that. So there's higher competition. Um, and you need to make a really good video these days for it to really get results. Um but yeah, that's sort of how it hasn't changed that much, honestly. I've kind of I've over time put more effort into reels than static posts because I'm sure we have all noticed that the static posts are dying out slowly but surely. They really don't reach many people, which is yeah. really a shame. But and like a lot of people are really angry about that, and I I understand completely. But if you want to do this as a full-time job, you can't let it derail you. You just have to evolve with whatever social media platforms you're choosing to use because it's inevitable that they're going to change and evolve. And if you don't, you just get left behind. Wow. So how do we, I mean, there's that, there's that, you know, do it or get left behind. But how do we reframe this in a way? And I'm trying to do this myself, you know, just selfishly <laughs> here. Yeah, trying to reframe it. So I actually look forward to this. Yeah. I, I, tr I tried something recently and I talked about this on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago where I was thinking, okay, okay, time to get serious about the the, the, the posts and, and getting out a bit further. And I, I heard something where somebody was saying, look, if you if you really want to make an impact on Instagram, it's going to take half a dozen static posts per day. And, and I'm not sure how current this is. Uh, a couple of reels per day or, you know, post your story every day or, or all these different things. And whatever it was, I, I was listening to this going, what? no. No, I, <laughs> no. I mean, I'll, I'll be no. on Instagram full time and I, I got to paint stuff. I got to do stuff. Yeah. But I, I then thought, okay, well, what can I do? 
And so I thought, well, I could post four times a day. Maybe one of those is a reel, but I could do a handful of static posts. I can definitely post to my story every single day. So I started doing this and I, I thought, okay, we'll see how it goes after a week. So I've made all these posts after a week. And at the time, I think I had like 123, 124,000, something like that. After a week, I, I saw I had only moved a little bit. And so I, I plugged into the, to the analytics and I, I had a quick look. I had gained 400, but I had lost 200. And That's I was like, what is going on? Like with those kind of numbers, I, I was thinking- a lot of bots on Instagram and right. usually the accounts that unfollow aren't actually real people. They're just bots and they just follow and unfollow just to be a pain. So I have that as well. Like if you look at my right. analytics, it's like you've gained X amount and lost X amount and it's just normal. Like the higher, mm. the higher amounts of- followers you get you'll see higher amounts of unfollowed because there's just more bot accounts amongst it that end up unfollowing you so it's actually not the worst thing because you don't really want them following you that right. just ruins your engagement a bit um so don't stress too much about that um but in terms of like frequency of posting i really don't think that posting six times a day is going to make that much of a difference because the followers that you do have might feel weird about it because you're just really changing <laughs> go like, away yeah go away i want to see other people <laughs> um yeah. it's like the consistency thing is so much more important in my opinion and my right. experience than posting like 800 times a day um yes. and you want to preserve your energy so that you can keep doing it because if you're just like hammering out six posts a day like you're going to get really tired very quickly it's a lot yeah. it's too much so I just try and focus on making my posts like good posts um, and just stick to my normal sort of schedule. And it has worked well for me. But yeah, yeah there's, a, there's also something to be said for um, posting a lot of reels. Like you can look at it in two ways in the way that I've just explained or um, the more reels you post, the higher chance one will go well. It just depends really on how desperately you want new followers like i'm okay with gaining a steady growing thing growing you know trend i i don't really want to burn myself out just to get heaps of followers suddenly you know like i would prefer it just to be steady consistent growth because that's like a healthy way to do it for my brain and also for you know just the business yeah i do want to ask a couple more things about instagram yeah no go for it you know, th this is so cheeky because it's, it's, it's totally, it's, it's a scam, Lily. It's what? a scam. Uh, I, cause it's just so dang selfish me doing this thing. It's like my, How? my, my, my goodwill, uh, towards people. Like, no, I, I'm learning more than anybody. I, well, I think a lot of people will, <laughs> will get positive. Um, like, you know, they'll take away positive things from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I'm, I'm really, um, so I, I'm still thinking about it because I have the tendency with, with, you know, reels and video content, just content in general, like I obsess about it yeah. to the point where, you know, the term analysis paralysis, like that's, yes. that's me in a nutshell when it comes to making a post on, on Instagram. It's like, oh, you know, freaking out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to do a, a great post. I want to do the right thing. I want to, you know, I want it to 
read well. I mean, I'm not the best writer, I'm not the worst, but you know, when it comes to that video content, like we, we just scrub over that thing so much and it does kind of get in the way of, of getting something out there and sharing it. And what I found has worked well for me personally is just when I get in that screw it kind of mood and I'm just like, I'm just going to post something of my palette or my brushes or this. And then I'm like, that got way more views. <laughs> it was just shot on my phone, not with a Canon DSLR, you know? Yeah, I kind of can't believe you shoot your reels with a Canon. Like, that's really hardcore. It really is. I just do it with a because cool. I can't be bothered. I really can't. And yeah. I don't know how much of a difference it would make in, in yeah. my performance. Maybe improve it a bit. But on the whole, I don't care enough to go with that because I don't want video content to ruin my life. Like, I don't want it to change how I feel about this as a job and I found like a happy medium with my phone so I I also quickly wanted to touch on what you said about how to reframe it in a different way so that you Perfect, kind of yeah. look forward to it um I had the same issue where I was dreading like making the video content because I just wanted to paint and I couldn't be bothered setting it up and then I just thought you know I have X amount of followers, over a hundred thousand followers, and all of these people, like, are here because they want to see what I what I do and what I paint. They're the reason that I get to have this lifestyle because they're the ones who buy my art, and all I want is to see some of the process. Like, it's like the least I can give them as like a thank you for all the support that I get. Like the amount of support that you get from the community of artists on Instagram is so underrated I feel like not enough people talk about it it it's like without them being so supportive and so nice like I wouldn't be here I would have given up ages ago like there's so much value in the just the support that they give and so I whenever I feel like resistant to making videos I just think actually no I'm going to make it for my cute little homies because they'll like it and yeah. it's like, it gives more purpose to making it. So it's not just mindless content. It's like, you know, yeah. it helps people. People observe it. They get positive insight into how you make your paintings and they can apply it to their own. Like it, it's really good for the art community to share that sort of thing. And it doesn't have to be like a hardcore process reel. It can just be spinning your painting around for like, you know, some, I don't know just to excite some people, like people like waiting to see what it's going to look like, you know, or yeah. just you can do like really simple ones where you just share like a piece of general footage, like maybe of your palette. Um, and then you can put like some text on the screen that sort of piques people's interest. It's maybe something that they struggle with or something they want to know. And then you just tell them to check the caption below and you explain certain part of your process or you something that they have trouble with that will be a really helpful tip to them. And then as they read it and comment on it, like if it's a short little clip, it just replays over and over again. It helps boost your account to more people. Um, that's like a super basic, really like pretty low energy reel. You don't even have to break out the camera to make it. You can just use leftover footage. And it benefits you and it benefits the community because you're giving them value, which is like the most important part. So it doesn't have to be a really stressful thing. Just try and look at it like you're giving them a gift, you know? because yeah. you like them all well it, it's it's also just reframing who it is that's seeing it i mean bots aside 
right? You're you're connecting with people who want to connect with you. Yes. And and, and you were saying something earlier about um, I, I and forgive me, I forget how you worded it, but about being real and and human. Yes. Uh, well, and, oh, yeah. and, you know, it's that's something else that I it, like and letting them in on something personal about you. You know, like like with with your sh- stories when you first started, like going, okay, well, this is an art account now, but still sharing the personal stuff. Yeah, I, I've been afraid for so long to to do that. I've I've only just started doing that this year, and um, big difference, really. Yeah, big. yeah. Like there was a time, for example, where I sort of forgot about that, and I was sort of in a bit of a hole, just feeling really overwhelmed. I had a lot of projects to be working on and a lot of pressure, and I just sort of had a little mini mental breakdown just a mini one you know four hours not nothing big just just from being overwhelmed which is you know relatively normal and you know like the algorithm was not being friendly and i just was sort of feeling too exhausted to like re-observe the trends and what's happening and how to change my own content to work with it so i was just really really overwhelmed um and i sort of slowed down on sharing personal stuff I, I wasn't very attentive in my stories and then after I had my cry and I felt better I was like that's it time to get personal and so I did and I was just getting sales all the time after that like it makes a huge difference because I wasn't getting many sales during this time because I wasn't being very proactive in my account and not following my own rules for art right. selling success but after I changed my attitude and it's like do I really want to work for another person? No. Okay, well, I have to do this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. And I went back into it with like a lot of energy again and just did some yoga and made myself chill out about pressure because I I sometimes forget that I am working for myself and I can do whatever I want and there's kind of no deadlines. It's just like psychological deadlines, you know. So I decided I'll take it easy on myself. I'm going to come back full force, show everyone what's happening, like give them some random funny content. The other day I was cutting up some onions that claim to be like tearless, like you don't cry when you cut them up because they've genetically modified them to do that. And I'm like a super big sook with onion cutting. So I was like, I made a video of me like chopping up the onions and like rubbing it onto my eyeball and stuff. And I didn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. But everyone's like, everyone's like, yes. This is the content I'm here for in the art community. More onion cutting, please. And so it's stuff like that. I've put a lot of effort into doing and just like showing my cooking because it's something else I like to do is cook. So I was like sharing some of that, just that random content. Another one was making butter and I was just spinning it in the butter churner by hand. Just stuff like that because that's also who I am and things that I like. And people really enjoy it. They really do because I think it comes across as a lot more genuine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. taking mental notes here, man. I, okay, so yeah. so so connect, study the algorithm, get yeah. to work. Uh, where do you get your uh, Where do you get your your mindset from? You you seem incredibly motivated. So this is something that I struggled with in the beginning. I mean, good night. My early twenties were were a write off. I mean, I had some success, but success with well, success was just such a killer for me, okay? Because what would happen is I would have I would have an exhibition or I'd do a commission, I'd reach a new level, a new price point. I was doing great in my early 20s, but success would kill me because I would then stop working. 
If you're like, well, I don't, I don't got to do nothing. I, I'm, I'm cool now. I'm set for the next <laughs> month or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and I was an idiot. And so how do you, how do you stay on top of things and, and keep that motivation? And, and maybe a little bit of a trick question there, because I'm, I'm kind of guessing what you might say, but I, I don't know. I, I, how, do you, how do you stay on top of this and just make sure that you keep going? Well, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, about the success being a big killer of motivation, because for example, um, I once charged a big commission, like worth, I think two and a half thousand dollars in advance, a hundred percent to save the person from having to pay for GST because I've now registered for GST, mm-hmm. like goods and service tax. Um, and so I said, you know, I can take the full payment just to avoid you having to pay extra when you pay the final 50% because I normally do it half and half. And now I have all the money and I haven't done any of the work and they're in a waiting list as well for later because I have other ones to work through first and I've already got their money. And so my brain's like, you've got what you wanted. And it's like, I have to do the whole painting, still do that whole process and there's nothing at the end of it. So I totally know what you mean. It's a, it's, it is a problem. But I guess what keeps me going is just knowing I do know that the success is going to be a limited thing. It's not going to just like be permanently. I'm going to be showered in riches like to keep succeeding. You need to keep doing stuff. And so although I do sometimes feel not motivated because I've already got my cold hard cash I just I try and think ahead more and plan a bit more because doing things kind of spontaneously and randomly isn't usually the best way to grow a business and I've really found that like you have to put some planning some thought have goals all that sort of thing and the thing that really keeps me motivated most of all is that I've just got so many bloody ideas in my head that I have to to do them otherwise I'll just explode like at the moment I'm trying to work on this commission behind me, but I also have like all these other plans and then all these other commissions that I have to do. And I'm very overwhelmed because I just want to do them all, but I cannot start another painting until I finish the one I'm working on. I've got like the opposite problem to a lot of people. I need to finish it. It might be like leftovers from my initial mindset of I'm going to paint one painting a day, no matter what and never starting another one until it was finished. It's like stuck. So now I feel like I can't work on anything until this one is finished, which is kind of annoying. That's wonderful. That That is a wonderful uh, way to approach it. I, I, yeah. I, I'm the guy that starts everything. I do finish what I start. I do um, mostly, okay. mostly, but, but there's like 42 paintings started. It's, well, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, whatever it is. That's crazy. Well, I get the, I get these people and because I'm doing the video content, I get people messaging me going, Hey, what about that horse? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. The horses, coming. the horse, the horses will be there. All right. Just chill. But, <laughs> but it's, um, that, that's, that's actually not a bad way to go because that kind of, it forces you into that, that rhythm. And, yeah. and also like just from a business standpoint. Yeah. You, you get through it, a pro- I would imagine, a lot quicker, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's why, like, my paintings are not, like, triple the price that I that I charge because I paint Ella Prima. So, mm-hmm. as you can see, I've left it blank and I just paint each object at a time completely in all details and everything added, which I think is different to how you do it. You do layers, don't you? 
I do a little of both. I, I do, I do, you know, a, a few different approaches because I'm teaching as well. And yeah. so, um, I, I, I teach a few different methods, just keeping it interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, so that's, it makes it a lot quicker on the whole than like all the layers and everything. That's just, and then the dry time makes that so much worse than an El Prima painting, you know? So yeah, I find that just refusing to start another painting until I finish really helps me push through and finish it because of how driven I am to make more. Mm. So I've got the thing where I just want to like start everything, but my brain's like, nope, you can't do that. Just like I've just accepted I'm not allowed to do that. And I, I do like stay up to date with that. I really do. Like I don't, I never really compromise on it, which is kind of good. That's it's uh, extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Um. Okay. So. So from here. From here. I mean, you. You've got. You've got a killer social media following. You. You've got. You've got the business dialed in. It's working. You're loving it. You're. You're enjoying your own space. Your freedom. That kind of thing. Yes. What's next? What's the dream? What's the goal? What's the direction? What can we expect from Lily? kind of a hard one because I literally feel like I'm just perfectly happy doing exactly what I'm doing like I don't awesome. want things to change too much I don't want to I don't know I don't want to kind of accidentally ruin what I've got by being too ambitious because I think that can happen um however I am hosting a painting retreat in Bali in October so that's something different that I'm doing very cool tell me about yeah. that so it's like with a partner company who takes care of all of the booking process, um, they sort out your accommodation and everything like that. Um, I get to choose what happens on the trip in terms of like the art aspect. It's going to be like a, it's going to be like, you know, a creative holiday, basically. Primary focus is actually relaxing and having a holiday with other like-minded people who also love to paint or make art. Um, and then there's going to be a few instances of like group painting or workshop type exercises um, and time to paint in a relaxed form or just make any kind of art in the evenings. But all of the activities that are planned, which come in like an itinerary that the company provides, like they have a couple of different options for me to choose from, but all of the activities in the itinerary are art related about cool. like Bolognese culture. Cool. Awesome. So we're going to be able to do like go and like watch like a traditional tattoo experience, I think, and do like fabric dyeing workshop. And we get to talk to like a local artist in Bali and learn how his day to day life looks. And yeah, just we're going to be staying at resort, like by the beach. We're going to have time in the jungle. It's just going to be the best thing I've ever done, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's going to go for a week. And I've got nine people coming so far. Um, right. The sales close in eight days from now. So it's, you know, I'm pretty sure nine will be the final number. But um, they're all coming from like, most of them are coming from the US and Canada. Most. Wow. That's like quite far to come to Bali just yeah. to hang out with me. So I feel like that's just like life complete. It's like Incredible. the best thing. Is it not? Incredible. So is this the first time you would have, you know, shared your art in a, in a teaching? Because you seem like a natural teacher. I mean, so have you taught oh, really? much? 
uh, a little. Well, I've got Patreon as well. As right. Well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I've got Patreon. I've got like four different tiers. One is just reference photos for people to use that are free for them to practice with. Another mm -hmm. one has other educational content. So I do make and film videos with like a proper camera um, of the whole process of me from mixing the colors to painting the final piece. So they go for like two hours because I just do it on small uh, small wood panel paintings yeah. so people can just observe the process and one of them is like a tutorial where I actually do a voiceover of like decisions I'm making during the thing and how I approach certain parts um, and the other one is just color mixing explanation and then just like like the paint with me style video where it's just like music and they can just have it on in the background and just mm -hmm. watch it um so I've got that um I give people a cute little calendar desktop background because why not and um, I also do like an informo info informational post um, about something to do with art practice, whether it be like using reference photos ethically um, right. or yeah. how long you're supposed to wait to varnish your oil painting, which is like everyone's biggest question. I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, and like, I don't know, ways to lighten colours without washing them out and by using other colors, stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Just little tips and tricks. Um, so I post those two videos plus that post every month on there. And then I have another tier which has that. And it also has got uh, like mini prints and stickers that come in the mail every month. Mm -hmm. And then the final one is the bigger one, which is like all the educational content in the Patreon plus a one-to-one -one meeting each month where people can like talk to me about what they're having trouble with um, because their goal might be to paint full time. And we kind of just go through like all the things that they kind of need to organize to make it a thing. And then I sort of check in with them for as many months as they feel wow. like they need it. Wow. So I guess that okay. counts as like, you know, I guess that counts as like face-to-face -face teaching in some capacity. So, so I, I'm embarrassed because I, I didn't realize that you had the, that you had the Patreon, but, um, so, so you're, you're, you're kicking goals here with your original paintings business and you got the Patreon thing going on. Yes. And so, and so, but that's got to take a lot of time. Oh my so gosh. How, how do you, how do you, how's that time balance work there for me? Cause I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you for one, when I started Patreon, it, it, and, and, I, and I'm just going to apologize to all the beautiful people that follow me on Patreon. Um, it, it did start to form a little bit of that hamster wheel type thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I found that I then created this monster that I had to keep feeding. And yeah. it was taking me further and further away from the easel. Fortunately, we've got that worked out now. So I'm back at the easel and I'm getting in good time there. A lot of hours each day. Yeah. But but how do you how do you keep that from becoming the 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 monster so to speak or the hamster wheel? I really understand what you mean when you say that because I personally think that the thing that I enjoy the least in this job is making like full blown videos like what you make mm. for YouTube. So big respect for doing that so consistently. I don't enjoy having to have that massive camera set up like on the tripod and then like keep like you know keep the video going every 20 minutes without missing any of my painting there, exactly there, it, is, like there it is there there it is there the like i just it's just background. not something <laughs> it's not something that i enjoy but i yeah. 
I again can see how much value it provides to people on Patreon. And I'm very grateful to have some kind of very consistent income every month. And so I just, every time I start feeling like resistant to it, I just try to think, you know, it's really not, it's really not that bad. Like, again, it's like, it's the least I can do being able to have this sort of lifestyle and that consistent income in a job that is, you know, wide, widely seen as very unstable. Um, and mm. it can be, it can be very up and down in terms of how much money you actually earn. So that is like an invaluable thing for me, even if it takes a bigger investment of time from me than is kind of normal. Like I normally would charge a lot more per hour for me doing stuff, but for this, I'm okay with sort of the the sacrifice of it, but it still works out at, at a profit for me. Um, at least in some capacity, I certainly hope. <laughs> I've never like calculated it exactly, but um, it is really nice getting to just, you know, transfer that out at the start of every month and have like the first part of my money to like, I don't know, buy more supplies for the oncoming month or whatever. So yeah, I I am still kind of trying to work out how I can really look forward to doing Patreon things, but I'm also okay with knowing that I might never Mm-hmm. but I just I don't think I'd ever take it away um because I like that I can I can give that educational value to people because it's something that they really seem to respond to I have had the best results in my own like Instagram account from offering educational value for free in the videos like tips and tricks about certain things that are hard for people things that they didn't know like that sort of thing has really, really good response. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing how well it's helped my account grow, being able to provide that in Patreon, like I've just accepted that's something that I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. a balance. Like sometimes, sometimes like it takes ages. Like, and I'm because I'm not super amazing at video editing, I don't necessarily know all the tips and tricks. It can take me like a really long time to edit the video, which should be fairly simple. So I try and like reserve like three to four days and just do it all at once and get it out of the way and have everything scheduled to post. So but like for the oncoming month so that I'm not scrambling to get it all done. Oh, so you've got this worked out three to four days a month. Maybe five. That's smart. That's smart. That For me, that would be a week every every single week i was i was doing that and it's like oh i got my two days to paint <laughs> you know this week um if that Wait, you mean you're doing it for like big portions of every week yeah yeah so every single week and right. that's that's even having after the point where see i i realized after a little while that it was getting to the point where i needed to, de- to delegate and, and so you know early on actually in in point of fact when i first started my youtube journey i i just straight away recognized that I'm going to need an editor. And not only do I not want to edit or feel I have time to edit, I don't know how to edit. I, I've, I've, got no, I've got no idea what, what the heck I'm doing. So I hired somebody that could help me with that. Um, and then ever since then, I just had in my mind that I needed to delegate that stuff. But despite that, like even though I had people that were giving me a hand, there was still so much that had to go into it because I'm the only one that can do the paintings, but also the voiceover. And also like, you know, whatever reviews or final checks need to happen and then writing the copy and here's the newsletter and the this and the that. And, and so it's, it was quite insane. Um, fortunately now I, I feel like I'm just now at 40 years old 
beginning to, to get, get it dialed in where it's like, okay, the busy work is two to three hours a day and yeah. I'm good. And then that, that opens up the rest of the day to, to do the drawing and the painting, but there's yeah. a lot. And, and now I've got a young son and yeah. um, I, I'm still happily married and, 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 you know, my, my darling wife occasionally wants to see me. Um, yeah, rarely. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, you know, there are so many things that were vying for, for my time and, and yeah. it, it was, it was important to get this worked out, but I gotta say, man, early on the Patreon thing really, it's, it really formed awesome. something that was just a block in my mind that I was just couldn't get around this stumbling. A lot of pressure. And at the beginning, yeah. it's even worse because you have less patrons and you're doing more work for so right. much less money. So yeah. it's been probably 16 months, I think, of me having Patreon now. Um, and I feel much better compensated for the time that I spend on it. Right. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's not a huge profit, not at all. And, I mean, one yeah. day it might be. Um, because the more people you get, obviously, mm. the more you get for the same work. Um, but I still, I still love hearing when people have like been watching my videos on Patreon and they send me a message to say that they tried painting it with me and they found it really helpful. Like very nice <sighs> That's feeling. It. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So snapping out of that, oh, poor me, I got no time for anything to actually, this is making an impact on somebody. I know. You know and you don't is... really realize because Patreon, yeah. I feel like people don't leave comments and stuff very often on Patreon. They just privately like watch yeah. all of your stuff yeah. and they don't really say much about it. So mm. often I, I sit here wondering like, why am I even doing this? Like the people isn't watching it. Like, yeah. what's going on and then I get a comment like that and I'm like oh, I'm sure they're all having this feeling about it yeah. and they're saying, they're saying subscribe so obviously there's a reason why that they are you know yeah I look I, I tell you what Lily like I've I've definitely caught the bug now like I can't turn it loose I mean since we've now gone independent I've got my own online academy I just love it I saw that I was yeah. about to say to you that looks really cool Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's, it's been a long time coming in and now we've got years of content on there, oh. but it's, oh. the, it's that interaction, uh, with people and that, you know, recently I did a call out to, to my wonderful folks over there and I just said, Hey, um, uh, let me know what you thought and what, what, if this has made a difference to you, send me a little video. And they came pouring in. I got I got emotional about oh, it because I was like, "Wow!" Because you know, it, it, there was one guy. Shout out to Tear. Shout out to Tear in Montana. This one guy said, um, "You know, he 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 had a stroke, but he was using art as a way of of having some sort of art therapy." And and he started, oh. and he said, "This is where I started." And here's where I'm at now. And his portrait is jaw dropping. It's phenomenal. And it's, he's just like, you know, the, well, well, so he's, he's in, he's in recovery obviously. And, wow. and, um, it's, uh, it, it, that art therapy or, or just having a chance to check in and do the videos. And I was like going far out. Okay. This is, this is why you do it, but look, okay. It, it. <laughs> it, it's all wonderful. But I think this highlights something Lily, um, that, Again, it's not only, I, I think it, I, I personally feel this way, that it's so important for artists now to just have a little something extra. It's great to be selling paintings, right? And, and to have a business where you're interfacing with clients, you're selling original work, and maybe you've got an Instagram, a website, an original work, but to have an extra something on the side 
you know, I, I, it, it is that diversification is just take away the pressure of fighting for your financial life you know like yeah god forbid you like i don't know broke your painting hand but you still had patreon where you could write stuff up on the computer it's something that you can get extra money from because yeah everything's really expensive these days well really. it's, it's i mean see the price of food good night I know. So yeah. it is super important not to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Real. Um, and I, I have spoken to a few people recently who have said that they've decided to go full time and they just quit their job. But I can see that they haven't done much development on their profile. They don't have many followers and they don't have any other avenues of income. And there's been like no planning. And it's going to be it's going to be really bad because it's likely that they're going to really struggle because they haven't done that pre-planning, which is so important. Um, and just not having their eggs in multiple baskets is going to be probably presenting a lot of stress down the line. Yeah. And it's certainly still possible. Like if you really, you know, put your thinking cap on and be very analytical about how you approach various things, but it will be very, very hard. And it might just take the joy out of it because when you allow things to stress you out so much it really does sort of stop it from being a passion of yours a couple of years back i i listened to the audio version of uh oh, what's his name michael gerber i'm pretty sure that's his name the e-myth and he was sharing in that book um a particular story of somebody who went into business because they liked this particular thing that they did yeah. And I think that, I think it was like a, a pie shop or something like that. Lo loved making pies, but very quickly realized after going into business that the work aspect, the, the grueling tasks, all of the extra stuff that went with it, it just how hard it was yeah. that it, it turned it into a living hell. And it's, it's something that as soon as I heard that, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I could see this happening with art. And I've certainly had moments in my career where, you know, I wouldn't go quite as far as say living hell, but have been incredibly challenging where you're just like, why am I doing this? Like there were some times where I was like, I just want to go and get a job now because this, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm cut out for this. So with those people, you know, that we're just talking about the, the, some of the people that, you know, they're like, I'm going to go do it full time. And you can see they've put in none of that groundwork. You know, what are, what are some of those things? Like, have you, I, 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 I'm guessing you have, is there, is there some sort of system or is there some sort of way that you could almost guarantee their success or, or those steps? How, how would you, how would you do this? And I asked you earlier on about, you know, a kind of a kind of formula in a way and i want to kind of come back to that if, if we can because i i'm thinking about this so much now it's like if you were to take somebody and teach them just how to do this you know yes websites are one thing social media is another thing making sales is another thing but where where do you even start i mean education has got to be a big part of this right yeah well i mean learning about art marketing is one of the most important things obviously because your money comes from whether you can market your art or you can't so I actually have a really great friend that I made on Instagram who used to sell her art 
full-time for two years and she had studied marketing like done a marketing degree so she knew a thing or two about what you should and shouldn't do and then she realized after a while that she actually really enjoyed teaching people how to sell art specifically on Instagram and she literally dropped everything set up a new business and set up a new account to prove that it was possible to grow what's her name um her account is yes.artmarketing she's awesome. from she's a, a russian lady living in italy with her italian husband in the countryside there um and she she literally dropped everything started from scratch and i've been uh, like speaking to her since she started her new account and she's taught i think over 100 different people from one to one lessons she makes courses about how to how to utilize reels to your advantage and keep up with the algorithm like she's full of ideas for people and she teaches people how they should approach social media in such a way that they feel like they can sell their art and they get results and she's gotten people many results like after I've I sort of partnered with her and you you might see in my story sometimes I'm sharing about her courses because she's like filling a gap in the education that I can offer people because I'm already quite strapped for time as you know how it gets with all the projects and so the thought of me having to like make my own course about reels and art marketing it's like it's just I can't see it happening not for a long time so I just be like everyone go over here she'll give you all of the super valid super great information so to anyone listening who wants to sell their art and they haven't ever done it before um, and they're thinking that they really want like a full-time art job, definitely just go and take some of her courses and invest in it because she has got it going on. She really has. She's amazing. So learning about art marketing is so important. And I, because I didn't intend when I began to even really sell it, like it was not at all a thought of doing it full-time. I had no intention. And it just sort of happened automatically because of how I said I was approaching my account at first, sort of keeping it half personal, half art related. Um, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't do that. They they think, you know, I'm going to make an art account and they make it from scratch and they do not share both things. So yeah, art marketing um, and a lot, a look, a lot of this job is your own ability to uh, develop some discipline. And that's not really something that people can teach you. It's something you have to find within yourself. I have always been a very, very disciplined person. Like I said, I'm going to paint one painting a day and I literally didn't let a single thing stop me. No matter how, I through sickness, through COVID, I was still doing it because I literally was like, there is nothing that will stop me from this endeavor because I was just really passionate about it and really excited so there has to be a lot of work done mentally to really make sure you've got that part down pat because like with the man who made pies there are grueling not nice tasks that you sometimes have to do for a lot of artists that is management of social media and the marketing part because mm. a lot of the time artists are very introverted they just want to get in their little studio and create stuff but if you ever want to sell something, you have to put work in to learn how to do it, whether it's on social media or it's in person. So learning discipline 
is so good sometimes and this is like really extreme so you can you can choose whether you want to include it in the final cut or not <laughs> but whenever I have struggled to keep disciplined I think of something really extreme for example if I do not finish this painting my partner is going to be murdered oh and then I'm like oh my gosh I can't allow this I can't <sighs> okay. allow it and then I finish it something super extreme and it's so funny to me how quickly it changes your attitude and helps you actually push to the end I do it when I'm jogging as well when I'm so tired I'm like I have to save my partner I have to save my cat from being run over by a car wow well well hang on hang on a second like I I think what's okay it sounds a little extreme yes but I mean I, I've had similar thoughts where you know if I don't show up to work um you know, there won't be food on the table. This is yeah. how I feed my wife and my child and, and put it's, a roof it's over It's actually the truth in that case. Yeah, yeah. but but there, there is a, a real life and maybe not death, but uh, <laughs> yeah. life and maybe a suckier life if, if this doesn't happen. So there is motivation there. Yeah, um, yeah. he's got to like put into perspective. I'm like, I, I no, I can appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, full full on. No, we'll include. Yeah, very it. full on. So feel free <laughs> to leave that out. But this truth, I think a lot, and it just even though I know it's not actually going to happen, just even even the thought of it makes me so. Now, now like, your partner, your partner might see the podcast, so. Uh, oh, you know, he knows. I've told him this, and he's like, <laughs> "Why would you do such a thing?" And I'm like, "Because I have to sometimes, like where you have no choice but to make sure you finish something. Yeah. It sort of really helps to just." think something so extreme and horrible so that you just can't imagine letting it happen yeah if someone's yeah. life depends on you finishing yeah. something you're gonna do it yeah yeah well so i i think what you're highlighting there as well is is a why if you've got a why big enough you'll move mountains to achieve yeah. that and that's yeah. what i found as well that now it's it's had to and i've had to completely reframe success in my mind as well because I had a bad attitude towards that and money. So if I'd get success and money or that sort of thing, it would kill productivity. Yeah. And now I've had to reframe that in such a way where the motivation has to become different. You know, it becomes it, it, instead of instead of profit motivated, it's service motivated. I got to go and help people. I got to go and do this. I got to go and share more. I got to. So the why becomes so much bigger, and yeah. that that I find is really sustaining output for me personally. Yeah, but um yeah. I don't know. So I'm gonna try the... I'm gonna try and picture some no, I'm not. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a leaf from your book. That's it's like not a... the nicest piece of advice, <laughs> but it works in a pinch if you have nothing else. Yeah, to fair use. enough. Okay, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. Last case scenario, yeah. like emergency behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so for me, like the motivation that really sort of fueled the discipline was I literally can't work for another toxic boss. I can't yeah. do it. I can't work for another guy that does not care about his staff members. And I have a feeling it's a very common thing because it's been the case in every yeah. job I've ever had before this one. And I just was so turned off that idea so extremely that I literally was like, I will do whatever it takes. Yeah. Like in an almost insane way, like crazy. Like I, it was like panic. Like the thought of going back there is even making me feel panicked now. And so that is really enough to make me show up and do what I have to do, even if it's something that isn't super fun because it can never always be fun. There's just no job that really exists like that. Yeah. Like I can't think of one, no matter how much you like 
the topic of your job. Yeah. So discipline, um, learning art marketing first, and as I said earlier, putting work into growing the social media. I found that the, the thing that gave me the most comfort and feeling like I would be able to do it was that I proved to myself that I actually could get sales first. So I feel like just cutting off full-time employment when you haven't even sold one piece of art before is a, is a big, big move, like very bold and yeah. good for people believing in themselves. But I think it can be done in a much, I guess, safer way. Like I think you just have to be kind of logical about it because mm. it is hard. It is a hard job, even though it's amazing and it has all these perks. It is hard in terms of what you have to achieve on your own. Like you can't rely really on other people. Like So you have to really do some soul searching to believe in yourself and know that you can accomplish things when you really set your mind to it. And I've always been that way. Like as a kid, I would get an interest in something and I would ask my parents to buy me the stuff to pursue that interest. And then I would just practice it so hard that I had gotten right onto it and could do it quite well just because of the desire to learn it. It's, it's I'm kind of lucky to have been born with discipline. I think I think it's been something that's always been a part of me. And I know that for some people, it's something they really need to have discipline to teach themselves <laughs> to yeah. like to learn so it. Wh like, where do you really start if that's just not your quality? It's like, oh, I'm an undisciplined person or whatever. If that's just not a quality you possess. I mean, how, how on earth do you learn that? It's really hard because it really has to come from within. Like you really have to want something. I think yeah. I think if you're desperate enough, you'll do anything. So that's like it. It's anything. the why. Yeah, it's the why. You have yeah. to you have to have something really pushing you to it. Like, you know, people do crazy things when they're desperate. It's kind of you can almost think of it in like an animalistic way. Like or like, for example, a baby being trapped under the car and the mum just magically gets superhuman strength right. and lifts the car off yeah. the baby because yeah. the baby's life was at stake it's like an emergency there's no other option but yeah. to do it as as well as you possibly can and yeah. so the why is so important it's a great way to phrase it actually i w we can't wrap up this podcast without going back and touching on you mentioned something i, I I'm, I'm dying to know tell me about the gallery experience yeah okay so um, basically I, at one point when I was starting my bigger paintings, I thought it would actually be really good if I could get gallery representation because it'll take some pressure off me having to market them. And at the time I was only selling my small paintings to people and I really felt like trying to sell bigger paintings would be really, really hard because the current audience that I had were already sort of paying what most of them could afford with my smaller paintings. So I thought it's going to be out of the price range of a lot of my followers. So I ended up getting in with this gallery and I obviously won't say the name of it um, for many reasons, but basically the director acted like she really, really liked what I painted and liked who I was and what I stood for. Um, she told me she would be able to sell the paintings for like kind of double what I'm paint what we're selling them for now um and that they were really awesome um and then so I signed on with them like with the contract and everything and as like within a week of me being signed on 
um, I started like showing them my ideas for future paintings. And then she's like, oh yeah, no, we don't really want that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like you told me you really liked what I paint and I'm not going to change what I paint because I specifically told you that I want a place where I can be myself as an artist. She's like, yeah, we're only really interested in paintings that have flowers in them. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why? That's not what I paint. Like, I really rarely ever paint flowers. And she's like, oh, we just do. And I was like, okay, well, I can paint some paintings with flowers in it for you. And then I'll paint my own ones and sell them myself. And she's like, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean you can't do that? If you don't want them, then mine and I'll sell them. No, no, you can't do that. And I said, do you expect me to just what? Paint my idea and then just put it in the cupboard like to live for eternity because you don't want me to sell them. And she just didn't even answer me. So I was like, okay, going to have to terminate the contract and take those back, please. Um, and I'm very glad that I did because it was really scary to me how quickly they tried to change me as an artist, like manipulate me wow. to paintings yeah. that they knew would sell faster for their own benefit. And they mm. took 50%. 50%. Yes. And so I had three paintings in the, with them at the start. Um, mm. And I actually directed one of my followers to their gallery to buy one. And they took Sorry. 50% of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a really toxic thing once again. And it's just like proving to me I can't work with or for another person. Like it's just not a yeah. possibility because if that's within a, that's within a week a week yeah. what well, a good thing they showed you early i know oh and then also when i actually like sent the paintings over and told them the prices which were within the price range that she was telling me earlier she's like oh you can't you can't sell them for that much and i was like you told me that you could and she's like no no our other artists have been here for so much longer than you you can't charge that much and i was like okay so you're trying to devalue my art bye it was yeah. at that point I was like really suspicious. And then I definitely terminated that contract right away and went and picked them up. And then I've had not that much trouble selling them myself since. So to anyone listening, don't feel like you have to go with a gallery because it's not the nicest and most supportive environment. And they have obviously financial interest in you. They get money from you and definitely just try to sell them yourself yeah. before resorting to that. Yeah, Are you sure. in the gallery, Andrew? Uh, no, not anymore. I'm I'm independent, and I. But I, I, I totally get everything you said, and, and I, I've had similar type horror stories, you no. know. Um, and but but I've also had some really good experiences as well. Um, and for me, early on, it was a necessary first step, but I didn't have what we have today. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have, I, I mean, I had a, a poor website, but there was, there was no such thing as social media. Uh, mobile phones, yeah. when I started, you could send a text message, make a phone call and play Snake or whatever that <laughs> game was. Snake. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that's what we had. I mean, when the first camera phone uh, showed up, it was like, it was like being visited by aliens. This thing was just such a marvel. I still remember the booth at the shopping mall and people were just going, what is going on? It was like a flip phone with a camera on it. And, um, 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really showing my age here. But the, the thing is, is that now the game has shifted. Oh, yeah. It's really shifted. And I think that galleries are actually in a tough spot. You yes. know, they could make this work. And there are some out there that are doing exceptionally well. But I think those are the galleries that really get it. I mean, not only do they have a great reputation, they've got a great look in space, they've got a staple of artists that are loyal, they've built up a fan base, clients, all of that stuff, but they get the new world and they get social media, they get the the email marketing, they're, they're doing it all. Yeah. And they, they can plug in with, with an artist that's like, you know what, I just want to paint. So can somebody take care of all that stuff? And there are great galleries who can do that. Yep. But there seem to be a lot of galleries who are just stuck in old ways of thinking or just ba bad ways of thinking. And, you know, fortunately for us, um, the, those galleries, you know, when we're trying to, and I, I mentioned this just in terms of trying to choose a gallery, yep. those galleries don't last very long, you know, and you get something like, okay, you get something like COVID, all right, where yeah. things lock down. The galleries that made it were the ones that had that like new system plugged in and it's like guys we're online it's all good you know they're still open yeah but um i i think it's important to be really picky you know especially when it's already working for you you yeah. know you can, you can be a little bit choosy but the thing i admire about you you know in in that story is that that just backbone of just going you know no no here's my worth i'm standing up for this and and i'm not going to be pushed around so paintings yeah. now let's go it was just so like i was actually like kind of in shock at the audacity oh yeah, yeah. would even think that they can control what people paint and then tell them they can't sell ones that they don't want hmm. like that's just unreasonable on any terms it also did not say that in the contract which i read like four times front to back definitely read the contract very well mm. i was just like it was just such a control move from like the gallery director and it was so silly because i really feel like if they had just let me paint what i paint like they would have made money from me but it, it, that's the thing like how how clueless like if they were looking at your work it's like you're blowing it's up it. lily you're blowing up right I know. and it's like it's and and the work is great it's just like just let lily be lily for goodness sake know. you know i really really made it clear like i'm looking for an avenue to sell my art and be really true to what i want to paint yeah. and she's like yeah i love what you paint it's amazing could sell this for x amount of money it was literally just a lie to try and get me on board to then manipulate me into painting what she wanted because she could see there was some skill behind my painting abilities yeah. Yeah. and planning abilities. So it's just, it was really kind of shocking. Oh, and then I forgot to tell you this part. It's like the best, most crazy part of the whole story. The cherry on top. I had just announced to people that, you know, you can buy my big paintings through this gallery, right? And so then when I canceled the contract and I took my paintings back. I obviously had to say, I'm no longer with this gallery. I'm self-represented now, a week apart, which yeah. is super annoying for me to have to say. So I said, um, I'm now no longer with the gallery anymore just because we had a difference in opinion. So really neutral, not inferring anything really bad, just that it didn't work out because we had different opinions on things. Yeah. And she messaged me about it and literally called me a bitch. 
this professional 50-year-old gallery director going off so unprofessionally. And I've got screenshots of this. All right. I, I just want to say, if, if that gallery owner is listening right now, you screwed up bad. I'm just saying right now, you screwed up bad. Screenshots. I do have screenshots. I'm just going to keep this. No, I, I mean, screwed up in terms of this is the oh, thing. Yeah. We get to pity these people because they miss out. They miss out uh, due to their yeah. own ignorance and, and just bad attitude. They miss out on, on getting to have access to the good stuff. You know? Yeah, I know. Like, I really think yeah. it could have been really great if they had have just chilled out. Yeah. about it. so yeah but I, I actually was like again in shock at the like lack of professionalism like who actually does that and it was about something that was very neutral and I made specific efforts to keep it neutral and not yeah. like be you know attacking them on social media because that's just that's unprofessional yeah yeah you bitch a 21 year old girl a bitch <sighs> It's just, it makes me laugh to this day. So then I was like, okay, I've really dodged a bullet here. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so bad. Wow. Yeah. So now, now you've got the, so now you got the, 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 you self-represented, you got the website and it's beautiful. I've been flicking through some of the images I'm here so and we've been, that. we've been putting up uh, throughout this podcast, some images of your work as well. And, and you've got the Instagram. Now, what else is there? I mean, I, I, I heard TikTok. All right. So you, you, and, and Okay. How do you feel about TikTok? I got a, I got an interesting, well, I, I, I have it. I don't have it on my phone anymore. I started scrolling through just going, okay, I don't get it. I still don't get it. I still, do I have to dance in front of the easel or something? I still don't get it. I sound like a dinosaur right now. I, I'm, I'm not doing the TikTok thing. Look, it's fairly similar to Reels. It really is, but there's something slightly different about it. It seems to prioritize slightly different types of content. It's more... For like I don't know storytelling type of videos mm -hmm. where people want to watch it for like a longer time, I, I seem to find that that really does quite well. However, um, it's a very very vicious place. Um, the reason I personally don't love it, I'm only there out of necessity just to have some other social media platform. So vicious on, how? I'll I'll get there. It's just I just okay. have it so that, you know it's like a backup in case Instagram mm. just implodes or something crazy because that would be the end of everything. So yeah. it's just for security, but it's very vicious in terms of the sort of comments and things that you get. Instagram is more that our community is really, really wonderful and receiving negative comments is a lot less common. But on TikTok, the average age of the user is a lot lower than Instagram. Instagram has like young and old, like everyone in between. Yeah. TikTok is primarily like teenagers oh, and like wow. early twenties. So you okay. get just a, you just get as soon as anything does well on there, you get flooded with the most inappropriate, horrible, horrible, bullying, rude comments for no reason. Yeah. Doing nothing to warrant it not even posting an opinion and people will still come in and just be like, you're painting shit. Uh, or yeah. you should quit painting. Yeah. Or uh, someone said to me once, all that and it just looks like motel art. I just wrote <laughs> motel art. It'd be pretty cool if it was motel art. It'd be a cool motel. But yeah, just things like that that are like specifically designed to hurt your feelings. And yeah. I really haven't noticed 
such a presence of that on Instagram. Like occasionally, yes, it does happen because there are all sorts of people in there, all sorts of jealous people, just immature, having a bad day and taking it out on a stranger online because they don't have to say it to their face. But TikTok, it's like, it's like 50-50 almost sometimes with nice comments versus horrible ones. So if you're not prepared for that, it can be really like just make you feel really bad, even though it's completely not not a thing. You gotta have so, thick skin, right? Yeah, but it's just like, really would I choose to go to TikTok instead of Instagram? No, because yeah. of that. Like mm. it's just so disheartening. So I prefer Instagram. But I still occasionally upload on TikTok just to keep my feelers out there. I think I think I've got like twenty eight thousand followers on TikTok, so it's a lot less than mm. Insta. I do find it harder to grow there, probably right. because I'm posting a lot less because I can't be bothered dealing with trolls. <laughs> I don't have the energy anymore for this. And so what about this new thing that Instagram have just announced and released the Instagram threads? I haven't right. even looked into it. So so what's what's happening here and how can artists use this to get a bit of an edge if if it's uh, working for you? I do have I do have opinions about threads. Um it's so funny because it basically is exactly like Twitter. Like they've just they mm -hmm. they're not even trying to hide it anymore the copying of other platforms and I, I really think it was designed just to fuel that feud between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk okay like it's like it was like created out of spite like I feel like that's exactly why but it's actually probably really smart to get on it because it's a brand new social media and people in the past who have jumped on Instagram or tiktok early have had massive results in terms of growing because they're they're pushing content out left right and center to basically to populate the app with like all this history of all of these accounts and just to be able to make the algorithm actually function because mm -hmm. you need content existing all types to really be able to have an algorithm that can suggest posts to each individual based off what they're interested in. So because it's so new like that and there's not that much on it yet, it could be a really great opportunity to grow. Um, and I also think it's really a great thing for artists specifically because so many artists just want that static post life. They just don't want video content. They just want still posts where mm -hmm. they can just write about it and have a conversation about it. And that's exactly what it's for. You post static images, you start like talking and it's the way it's designed, like Twitter, it's really centered around conversation. So for people who are really interested in having conversations about art, where they don't need to feel stressed and pressured about video content and like performing for the algorithm and all of that stuff, mm. it's a great place for them to have that opportunity. And then they can come to Instagram again when they're ready for the rest of it. Um, and it's just like, I was on it as soon as it was offered to me, I found out that it was in, you know, they were making it and it was made on the day that it was told to me by my Instagram account that the threads had opened up. 
and I was like, what is this sorcery? Like I was seeing everyone say, have you seen threads yet? Everyone was like, threads exists. And so everyone was just like going over there and everyone's like, wow, this is like a new place where we can all just not worry and be happy and post whatever we want. And it was just really pure. It was super pure and super funny seeing social media be born. It was, it made me feel weird how pure it was. Everyone was so nice. And, and so it's still it's still in its infancy though right now. It's a it? baby. It's just yeah. a baby. Just a little baby. It hasn't developed any vicious algorithm tendencies yet. It's all kind of random. Like you look on the feed and it's just so much random stuff because the algorithm doesn't really exist properly yet. Right. And everyone is just like really happy about it because for some reason, because it's so young, people feel like they can just share really unrefined content there it's like mm -hmm. relaxed social media and like i've been on there sharing like you know images of my palette i've started playing a guessing game where i take a photo of the palette i've just pre-mixed and people have to guess what what item i'm painting cool. and then i give them a discount if they guess it correctly for my website so like I, it's like a place where i feel like it's totally fine to do things like that um without like you know as you were saying before like painstakingly obsessing over every word that you put into your post yeah. god forbid it ruins its engagement like people <laughs> just don't seem to care about it because it's just like this young fresh little yeah. social media and it is really nice and there's some good conversations happening on there so i think in in terms of benefits for artists it may not be super beneficial in terms of bringing heaps of new people and buyers but it's going to be very beneficial in your mindset towards social media and having an outlet where you feel a lot less pressure because that's like what everyone kind of hates about Instagram is the pressure. So, yeah. That's right. Ooh. Wow. It's really cute. And it's nicer than Twitter as well, just saying. It's designed. It's a nicer user like interface and it's a bit more logical and it looks newer and fresher and no one has had a chance to be mean on it yet. Right. Wow. Yes. So definitely yeah. check it out, Andrew. You'll you'll probably find it funny. Oh man, I okay. I'm encouraged. I will. I will. I'll, and I'll... let me tell you. So if you have an Instagram account and mm. you make a Threads account, you can just like it. Just it like automatically gets people following you from Instagram that are following you on Instagram as they sign up to it. So I've already got like thirteen thousand followers or something for the small portion of people who have decided to check out the app from doing nothing on there. So it's like, it gives you like a little confidence boost right off the bat, you know? So, so what, what, uh, I'm going to look into this. I don't even know where to go. How do you, um, even, you, how do you even get it? Download, download yeah. the app. The, uh, uh, so it's like a, okay. It's, yeah. it's a separate app. It's a separate app. It's like a whole, a whole it, new social media. It's a new, it's a new thing. It is a new thing. And um, Twitter's already suing them for it, but who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, apparently they they basically hired ex Twitter employees and tried to get the secrets of Twitter out of the employees, and so Elon Musk is suing for that or something, something like that. It's pretty. You no, know, I think I think Zuckerberg might might have him on that one because I'm pretty sure he's a robot, so he's he's already <laughs> he's already plugged into AI or something. He's already he's got, a robot. He's got an unfair advantage. That guy's not human. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know. He's he so doesn't funny. blink enough. He doesn't blink enough. That's a good point. He's given himself away. <laughs> so Lily, where can people find you and connect with you? 
So you can find me on Instagram and Andrew's going to put my, my name in the, in the description. Um, but my handles are always just my full name, which is Lily Rose Burgess. You can find me on so Instagram on TikTok. If you wish to be there, you can find me on threads. I also do have Twitter, but I literally can't bring myself to look at it because it mm. makes me feel a bit brain dead for some reason. It's just not for me. It's just, it's just not in the stars. You can find me on Patreon again full name is my my link to that um if you want some educational stuff um i think that's that's all i've got at the moment which is plenty of things to manage uh well this has yes. been a real joy thank it you so much great. lily for being on the creative endeavor podcast you're welcome thank you so much for having me on full circle moment as i said earlier <laughs> Well, I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. A huge shout out and thank you to Lily for being on this episode. Now, if you're not already following Lily on Instagram, make sure you do so. She can be found at Lily Rose Burgess. That's L-I-L-Y-R-O-S-E-B-U-R-G-E-S-S. At the time that we recorded this podcast, I've been sitting on this interview for a little while. You might have heard uh, the mention of the October date. I sincerely hope she had a fabulous time in Bali with all of her students. But in that time, she's already gained another 50,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, far out. It takes me ages to gain just maybe a couple of thousand. So again, I'll say it again, success leaves clues. If you want to get what they got, you got to do what they did. And I really do enjoy these conversations where they're focused on the business side and they're focused on social media because it's just not in my wheelhouse. I'm still stumbling, fumbling my way through. I'm getting some things worked out, but it's great to have guests like Lily Rose on to pick her brain and others about how they make this work in this day and age. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you got something out of it, then do me a huge favor, please. No one's going to find out about it if you don't share it. So please do me a huge favor. It'll take you just a couple of seconds. Share it to your Instagram. Use the hashtag, The Creative Endeavor. Put it on your story. I'll share it on my story. And make sure you tag me in the post, at Andrew underscore Tischler underscore artist. Now I'm going to put all the links to Lily's social media in the show notes, in the description that accompanies this episode. Make sure you're following her on Instagram. Make sure you hit her up on her website. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to share this episode. Now, there's also a place wherever you're listening to the audio version to leave a rating and a review for this episode. I'm going to ask you a huge favor. Can you please do that too? It's only through your help that I can get this show out to more and more people. I thank you so much for doing that. It means the world to me. Now, if you want to find out more about me and what I got going on, you can always hit me up on my website at andrewtischler.com. You can also find me now on a new website called tischler.nz. That's T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R dot N-Z. And of course, make sure you're following along on Tish Academy. That's tish.academy, T-I-S-C-H dot Academy. Yes, that is a URL. So if you plug that into your browser, you'll go straight to Tish Academy and you can see the video version of this podcast. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here in the studio. I've really enjoyed your company. And I'll see you again in another episode of the Creative 
endeavor.